You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Welcome back to the show. This is, of course, David Scales, and today I'm bringing you an episode of Wax On with filmmaker Ben Gulliver. His film, The Sea Wolf, is the single best feature-length surf film that I've seen this year. I saw it at a premiere in Huntington Beach a few months back. Ben is actually still touring the film, and so you might be able to find dates um, for a theater near you. You can do that on his website, theseawolfmovie.com. The digital release date for the film is yet to be confirmed, but I will certainly keep you informed of that as soon as it's ready to view. I will um, keep you posted. There's a possibility, though, that you don't know the name Ben Gulliver. I didn't until the film started being advertised. And that's because Ben doesn't come from the surf world. He grew up in Canada and not even at the beach in Canada. He actually started in film by shooting skateboarding, but he was a big fan of surf films. He watched Taylor Steele's movies, Kai Neville's, Thomas Campbell's, and he also works as a director of photography, mainly shooting commercials. So you've probably heard me say on this show before that I feel like a lot of times the best surf media comes from somebody who's actually not employed by surf media, by somebody who was hired from outside of the industry. For example, it might be a story that was written by somebody who actually went to journalism school, learned the craft, and then just applies that craft to you know, one of the many fascinating figures that we have in surfing, or one of the many fascinating stories that we have in surfing. And that's really how I feel about Ben's work with The Seawolf. The added bonus here is that Ben's actually a huge fan of surfing and, like I said, a huge fan of surf film. What I feel like Ben's done here is really to revitalize the medium of surf film by stimulating an old and somewhat abandoned theme in surfing, and that is the theme of exploration. Almost all the films you see nowadays are of waves that we've discovered 20 plus years ago and that we've seen ad nauseum. The Sea Wolf is to cold water exploration what other films of the 70s were to Hawaii, or what surf films of the 90s were to Indonesian exploration. The Sea Wolf, it's all brand new landscapes, all new colors, brand new waves. Another important element here to note is that Ben scored the entire film himself. Not only did he compose the music, but he actually plays many of the instruments on those musical tracks. So, the release of The Sea Wolf marks the debut of a very talented artist as a musician, as a cinematographer, a director, and as a storyteller. So in our conversation, we chat about how to get a hold of professional surfers, you know, just as a stranger coming into this new world. How do you get a hold of these guys? How do you finance an independent film, which, spoiler alert, you work a real job and then you spend your own money. We talk about the cast of characters in the film and also why cold water isn't nearly as gnarly as people try to make it seem. So this is David Scales for the Surf Splendor Network, bringing you an episode of Wax On with filmmaker Ben Gulliver. I hope that you enjoy the show. I'll be back at the end to sign us off. Thanks.
I'd love to know how you got to know Chippa or involve him in this project, but also just why Chippa? Like, how yeah. did you choose the cast of characters for the Sea Wolf? I mean, I think when making a sort of film, especially when you're, if you're someone like me who is like relatively unknown and people would probably put Canada often in like the mainstream surf scene, I feel like people would probably put Canada in like a bit of like this novelty, maybe kooky sort of zone. So for me, it would be like, I reached out to like all the people that I like watching, like Dane and Craig and like, you know, kind of like the, a bit of like the crew who you'd be like, this would be great to get these people in my film. And for the most part, you know, some people are nice and they're like, yeah, no. And then some people just, most people just don't hit you back or whatever. And Chippa is a mutual friend of my friend, Matt O'Brien, who's a photographer out of Australia. And uh, he just linked us up, and Chip's just like a really nice, genuine human being who's, I don't know, he's just, he's kind of like the Australian Peter, you know, like, like Pete's super sweet guy, he's very dialed, and he's very like consistent, and I feel like Chip just fit the, the group, you know, because I feel like the way we run is, is like it's a very mellow crew, and everybody just is like very easygoing, but also really wants to just get the shot you know whatever get clips like that's really the goal all the time is like let's make sure we nail this and you know and a lot of people you can travel with because i've been on trips with other people before too and a lot of people are just kind of like a little too cruisy you know where you're like it's 11 a.m and people are still just kind of like just pouring coffees and stuff and you're like yo we've missed the tide and we've missed the wind or like whatever you know totally and chippa uh is just yeah, he's he's just kind of like on it. He's ready to go. He's like pretty positive. You know, hmm. he's just down. Yeah, and he's also just a very nice person. You know, so it's not like I feel like a lot of people can can go either way. Where you'd be like, hey, do you want to do this? You want to jump on this trip? Because like trying to put trips together is like pulling teeth. You know, like sure. managing people's schedules and then you know just trying to get people to 100 percent confirm. You know, because people are like. Yeah, I'm down to do that. And then, like, a week later, they're like, oh, I'm going to Indo for, like, whatever, Volcom or something. Right. Now. It's like, sponsors come first. And this is, like, an independent project. So. Sure. Um, well, Chippa is a guy who I haven't seen enough of in recent mm-hmm. years. Like, he's, we saw a ton of him mm-hmm. initially. And um, he's fallen off the radar a little bit, at least in American surf mm-hmm. media. And I also, if I had a criticism about him, it was just, like, he's super tech yeah like very techy with his tricks and i kind of didn't love that about him mm-hmm. but in this film mm-hmm. there was actually very little of that yeah. and i didn't know that he actually surfed overhead waves yeah, you know yeah, i've never yeah. really seen that before yeah. and he was charging like he was yeah. charging like the slabby yeah. like backdooring sections and stuff yeah. and i was like holy crap yeah i didn't know i didn't he really he charges on like all levels i think he's a bit of a homebody you know like and th- and that's also what i would reminds me a lot of Pete with him is like he really likes being home and being with like his family and his chickens and his cats and his his little farm and and he really tries to balance I feel like that real life with this like surfing you know craziness sure jumping on trips every 10 days because he he does he's always on trips and, and always shooting and stuff but yeah he's uh I think in the last little while I think he's I don't know, I think he's had been doing lots of stuff, but I don't know. I don't know why it seems like maybe he's he's fallen off. But Well, I feel like this was a good potential transition for his career. Like, this yeah. showcase of him, again, opened my eyes to somebody I didn't know that he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's a weird thing about that, that 
kind of scene and that crew, whereas like you, you see some guys get put in a light, like this alternative, like punk rock sort of, you know, scene where you like maybe you think that they're just like boozing and partying and like sure. you know, like Chip is like this heavy metal like I don't know crazy guy or whatever yeah. but it's like he's the mellowest sweetest you know nicest yeah. dude who's really just super chill and wants to you know cruise and really easy going and I feel like yeah that's a side of him that people probably don't ever really get to see just because the way that he's marketed you mm -hmm. know and I feel like that's with a lot of guys who'd be like oh maybe this person's whatever just like pours beer on their face and like <laughs> gives middle fingers but you're like no, actually, they show up to the beach really early, and they ask the photographer what angle they're shooting from, and then they plan accordingly what maneuver they're going to do in terms of what angle works for the photographer and what you know what part of the beach or what wave or what bank they should surf, and they're really dialed at, at what they do, you know. Yeah. And I think Chips really like that, and you know, he's just. I think he's just his outlook on surfing is is changed from maybe a little bit i'm not sure i mean half the places we i went with him he was like trying to ride a twinny you know and he would ask me like can i ride a twinny and be like yeah man ride your twin fin like hmm. i don't care just because he's maybe doesn't want to i mean i guess certain waves yeah ask for for different different things but you know he's obviously not just trying to go and ride his thruster and do full roads all day sure. like i think ideally he'd like to be on like a perfect left point getting barreled for like 20 seconds on a twin fin. Yeah. I think that's his ideal situation. Huh. Um, you said you reached out to a bunch of people like Dane and Craig Anderson. Mm -hmm. How do you reach out? Um, just like through email. Like How do you even get those guys emails? Uh, through friends or connections or yeah, like team managers or just managers. And I feel like you can always find a connection to someone, but it's like whether or not they really want to give you the time of day. And these guys also have so many people requesting stuff of them. And I can imagine they also, because they don't know me and they don't know what I'm doing, it's like you're taking a risk with creative, you know? You're like, how is this person going to portray me in mm -hmm. their film? Or how are they going to portray me in their edit? And and I think that when you're on, when you're such a celebrity in the surf, as a surfer in the surf scene, I guess you, you take a risk when you do that. So it's like, I understand. But, you know, for me, I'm just like, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't care. I'll just ask. I'll just ask everybody that I love to be in it and like, what's the worst that's going to happen? They're going to say no, whatever. You what's know? the sales pitch? How do you even, when you send that email, what do you say? Do you send uh, them a body, like a little portfolio? Yeah, or? maybe I'd send like a, I would send like a working trailer type thing, sure. whatever, like a demo and be like, this is the project. This is the vibe. Um, do you want to go to this place with this crew and try to get some clips for like a week or whatever? And, and a lot of people, you know, some people are super nice when you think maybe they won't even re respond to you, but they'll be like, you know, like Dion or something would be, was just like, oh, I'd love to, but I can't. And like, thank you so much for the invite. I'd really love to try and make it next mm. time or whatever. Opposed to somebody who would just be like, who is this? I'm not gonna respond. Right. Interesting. Um, I guess let's talk about Seawolf. I've got a bunch of other questions, but let's talk about this, the Seawolf right now. Um, what was the total production time? Um, probably about two and a half years. But that's because we... I've, I've done some films for brands before. And I really wanted to make it an independent film that was like not associated with any brands. And yes, we did the, we're doing the premieres with Hurley. 
And that's just because it's like, you know, Pete's main sponsor. And Pete's been with Hurley for like 13 years. And, and I do, I do love all the guys over there um, and appreciate their support for like our premieres and stuff. But for the film, we, I really just wanted to do something that was like, hey, this is just going to be like my movie and it's not going to be, um, there's not going to be any creative boundaries or whatever given by a brand or any, yeah, I just, I just wanted it to be mine essentially. And so we didn't have any budget. Okay. <laughs> and so we would do two or three trips a year, you know, because we have to work and make money to afford to do it. All the surfers paid for their, for their way with travel budgets. So in that regard, I just, I really just had to pay for myself, but I work in film outside of surfing. And so I have to work to pay for my real life. So I would just work, make money, find time, put together trips and then, and then film. So if we, if we were able to just film all year, then like, I'm sure we could have done it in a year, but yeah. you know, that's how long it takes to, that's how long it takes to get clips. Right. Do you have an idea for what the total production cost was for the project? Um, say probably like 20 grand or 25 grand. Or it's something. actually not as bad as I would think. Yeah. No. Do you, is it an equitable project? Like, is there going to be a return on that investment in the I current mean, model of the way things work? I, I don't know, and I don't. I didn't want to put too much pressure on that because I really just wanted it to be a passion project in the sense where I was like, I just want to make the film that I want to make, and I don't want to put any pressure on it being like, oh, it's going to be this huge thing, or it's because I feel like when you do that, you set yourself up for being like maybe maybe being disappointed, you know, if it doesn't end up, if you don't, if you don't, if doesn't, if you don't monetize it, you know, like the way that there's no huge return on it. So yeah. for me, it was kind of like. I just want to do this and whatever happens happens sure you know i was never trying to be like hey this is gonna be some like cash cow like i just i don't care it doesn't need to be a cash cow but yeah. it's nice if it covers its own cost so that you can do it again mm -hmm. i mean that'd know? be that'd be great yeah and and we'll see what happens what's but, the distribution model for it uh we'll probably just go through itunes or like vimeo on demand or kind of figuring that out right now but there's there's a couple of different ways we could go and um oh we'll just have to wait and see would you are you considering printing dvds We've talked about it, but it's it's I don't I don't own a DVD player anymore. So if I don't own one, how many people don't have them anymore? You know, I and know. how much of a waste of like I don't want to just create more plastic and trash and stuff. You know, yeah. It's like if we're gonna do something, we're gonna I think we're gonna do a book, and I think the book will come with like a little USB. Okay. Yeah, I think that's really the best the best <clears throat> way we could do it. Yeah, that's a. The USB is a good solution, mm -hmm. yeah. and to have a, a book so you can have something yeah. that you can you can actually hold in your hands. Yeah, and there's like you know there's six photographers involved, and they all have some like incredible photos from you know from sure. incredible locations. So it's like it'd be nice to have that stuff go to print because mags. We tried. I think we had we had a couple features throughout the filming and stuff, but it was like I don't know mags. Cold water for sure is like this novelty thing. I feel like to a lot of magazines where mm -hmm. they're like. Sometimes they're into it, and then but most of the time they're like, meh. You know, right. it's like they're more interested in the that swell, that big swell that hit Indo last or whatever. Sure. You know, the well, big whatever swell was in. You just referenced cold water. I haven't fully explained that to listeners yet, but um, the entire film is shot in cold water locations. Mm -hmm. Guys are wearing hoods and booties and gloves and stuff. What was your idea behind that? I think the whole thing stemmed from seeing these so many cold water 
surf edits and films and stuff that are just so based around this like really corny idea of it being so intense and it's yeah. such an adventure and it's like it just really turned something that we live into I think it just made it so corny and it was like it's not really like that you know mm -hmm. I feel like they're blowing it up to be this thing that it's not I mean, it's just not that gnarly you know like everybody's been or a lot of people have been to the ski mountain before you know like it's not even as cold as going snowboarding you know and and once you get the wetsuit on you're you're warm you know you're hot if anything so it's really just about getting from the car to the wetsuit or you know from the, the airbnb to the car and and if it's i don't know i just i feel like the the cold water thing was just played up so much and i really wanted to take what i loved about surf movies and and put it in that cold water realm and just like kind of bring it back down to earth a little bit mm. and you know there is some intense parts of the movie where it's like really like i don't know it feels very grand and maybe a little bit over dramatized but yeah i feel like i just wanted to make a cold water film that was just more about the surfing and less about the adventure mm. and that's where it stemmed from is we were like let's just get clips you know let's just like see how good a clips we can get like let's just try to get the best ways we can in places where there's nobody can you discuss the places you went generally yeah for sure i mean yeah there's a, the a, for me i love watching movies growing up and being and not knowing where they were you know and just trying to guess where these waves were and i feel like with this film i wanted to stay in that vein and not like try to blow spots out also um but yeah you know we we spent time and a lot of time in the, i guess the north atlantic and in the uk and and we, we you know we went to norway and we we got skunked there pretty good and we went to iceland and you know i think we only spent like four days in iceland and we got like two or one day really good and it's like with cold water places because there's so little known about all the, the spots it's like it's really like a crapshoot you know you don't know what you're gonna get you kind of just show up when there's swell and you hope to find a setup and the wind is good or something you know yeah do you feel you were talking about what your goal was kind of showcasing the cold water locations do you feel like you've achieved your goal with the film now that the film's completed uh yeah i don't know i think as a filmmaker you're always especially for a surf film which is like montage based you know you're really you can never really look at it and be like wow the story is complete beginning to end you know it's not like it's not like we're telling a tale we're kind of just surfing so for me it's like you can always find better waves and you can always get bigger better waves or you can always find a better you know i feel like there's there's so many more ways even places that we went where we saw a lot of ways that had potential and we were like oh if only we could get this spot like we should come back and try to get this yeah when it's good you know um because we saw so many amazing setups like all over the place where places we go we come around a corner and be like how's this setup like if there was only swell or if yeah. only the tide was high or whatever you know so i feel like i comp i did the best we did the best we could with like trying to get world-class waves in cold places where there's nobody around yeah like we really tried you know yeah. so i think that there is there's so many more places though that you could you know maybe there's like a, actually like a proper pipe somewhere i mean there won't be another pipe but like maybe there is a wave that's like resembles something like that somewhere that nobody's found yet and, and we definitely love the idea of trying to find those waves and not and not in like a corny 
cliche sort of manner, but like it would be so awesome to find Canada's pipe or whatever, you know, and we, yeah. we want to do that. And I feel like Pete, especially and I, and, and even like Chip, are like are more interested in trying to do that than just being like, let's just see if we can get Greenbush really good, you know? Right. Like, because those waves are amazing. And like, there's definitely, you could probably get better surf clips, obviously in, in Indo, but maybe one day we'll find, yeah, the green bush of whatever, Norway or something, you know, and, and yeah. really blow people's minds. Well, it's funny. I mean, I wasn't sure whether to open the show with this or close the show with it, but um, that exact sentiment that you're talking about is what the film conveyed to me, which is I grew up, um, I mean, maybe like early surf films, like, early and then through the 70s and maybe even the 80s, they were kind of focused on that idea of discovery. Mm-hmm. And it transitioned maybe with Taylor Steele to just becoming surf porn and like, mm-hmm. let's show the most radical maneuver. That mm-hmm. is now the goal. And mm-hmm. we've already discovered all the warm water, amazing surf spots. So now let's just increase performance level on those surf spots. And so I feel like what the Seawolf did was redefine that genre of the 70s but instead of warm water destinations it's cold water destinations which somehow we just overlooked Mm -hmm. for a long time and i feel like you know chris burkhardt's done well kind of exploring that stuff and he has a passion for it and i did see his film recently and um was disappointed by it because it was what you're talking about it was just like the focus of the film was look at how much we endured Mm -hmm. And there was very little surfing, and they did get skunked. Mm-hmm. And I feel like rather than doubling down and coming back and scoring, they just thought, well, let's make a film about getting skunked. Mm-hmm. Which, okay, like a lot of what he does is adventure stuff anyway, so maybe his goal wasn't to showcase the best surfing in the world, mm-hmm. so that's all good. But I, as a surfer, felt let down by it, and I wanted more surfing. And so I think where your film succeeded was in that, where it's like, my mind is now illuminated with potential of what is still out there. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually inclined to go chase it. And like, I want to visit Iceland and Norway already. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't planning to bring a board. Now yeah. I'm considering bringing a board. Yeah. And I was, that was, that's definitely the goal. I mean, the best, you know, after our premiere last night, the best responses we would get would be from, from, from people just asking like where was that wave like what was that wave you know and i'm like that's all i wanted i want just people to be like where is that because that idea of of the unknown is like the best part you know of being like opposed to being like wow they got this place really good you know it's opposed to being like where was that it looked good like totally yeah but i also feel like if your goal is to get better clips at greenbush it's an endless chase like you're never gonna Nobody's going to do a gnarlier air than what Felipe did yeah, yeah. recently. Yeah. Or, or the guy who does do it better is going to be Jordy. And it's, yeah. So you can't really do better than that. Mm-hmm. And then also, you can't get it out there quicker than Instagram yeah, will allow totally. you to get it out there. So if your goal is to make a film, you need to be dealing with a different asset. Yeah. And your asset is either... Like, what does the long form allow you to do? It allows you to either tell a story mm-hmm. or to create the allure that we're talking about. And so you can't be trading in highest quality surf clip delivered in the quickest thing. Yeah. You're now trading in something else. Yeah, you know what totally. I mean? I feel like you did really well at 
kind of showcasing that. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I think for sure we like Pete and, and Noah and 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 even Chippa. But Chippa's like he's insane. Like he really is an explosive, amazing surfer to watch in in person and um, really easy person to travel with. But Pete and Noah and I, you know, we we watch John and we're just like, how can you? How can we possibly get like how Pete? How can you do a twenty foot alley oop? You know, like yeah. How do we? Meaning John John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like how do we try to meet this new standard of surfing when these guys are really good? You know, Pete's Pete really is an amazing surfer who's capable of, of surfing with the best. You know, like he can do airs and his turns and his and barrel riding and all that stuff's really good. But yet, you know, when you're making a film, you're like, hey, now the standards are so high. They're like. How do we make a film that people want to watch? You know, a surf film that people are actually get them stoked. And um, not that we were trying to use the cold water as being like, hey, well, this is our end. But you know, it was it was like we were trying to do that in a sense. You know, take the things that get us really stoked about like John surfing and stuff, like the high performance, and just bring it to our world in, in cold water. Well, the, the other asset that you have dealing with those locations is it's so freaking beautiful mm -hmm. and picturesque. Like the lighting is different. The, you know, um, person I was with watching the film was like, oh my God, look at that watercolor yeah. in one particular scene. And I was like, you know, we haven't even had that thought in surfing since, again, the 70s when somebody went to maybe... Who know you know yeah. the Philippines or something, and it yeah. was like, oh, I've never seen that watercolor before. Well, now we're having that conversation again, but it's Iceland or yeah. something, you know. Yeah. So I was just, I thought that, and the the lighting and some of like the sunset shots where it's just a flame, mm -hmm. the water looks aflame, yeah. you know, like incredible that's, visuals. That's really the the best part about about doing those trips as a as a filmer, as somebody who's like constantly looking at framing and aesthetic and stuff is. When you go to these these cold places and it's not just like a hills of palms behind or exactly, whatever, yeah. you're like you you pull up to a spot and you're like, oh my god, please let this place get waves because this backdrop is so good, you know. Yeah. And I feel like we we would always go to places where I'm just like, if there's any sort of air bowl or whatever, if there's a barrel, then you're really scoring. But if there's any sort of wave, you're just like, man, we are gonna get such a great clip just because the backdrops are so. Totally. unique to surfing you know and so and so and so beautiful and the tones and and all the colors are like on this sort of different in a different world than we usually see in surfing um and i feel like for me that's what what drove me a lot of times as a as a cinematographer is i was like man if we could i just want to get these these backdrops and these i want to create a i want to create a little world around this these tones you know it it's completely it was completely fresh and new and that's something we don't see in surfing hardly at all anymore i was really captivated by it like you said the tones yeah. it's just like a brand new color palette mm -hmm. that we're working in yeah it was really impressive i was yeah I'm, well I'm, captured I'm, I'm, I'm happy to i'm happy you said that i really appreciate that because yeah it's really it's really scary it's scary making surf movies and it's scary and it's like in skateboarding too you know skateboarding is a little different but it's like you know, people have seen it all now and people see it all every day. So it's pretty cutthroat. Right. It's really easy to get written off. And so it's scary as a filmmaker. You just want to like, you want to do something that people want to watch more than once. And, um, and you also kind of want to get the respect of surfers that are like, that was a good turn. That was a proper clip. Right. Opposed to being like, why is that clip in there? It's kind of like sus, you know, like I want, you want people to say the surfing's good 
and you want them to also be remember something from it you know and i feel like i i really love like kai's stuff and i, I was always really into to kai's movies and, and am into them um because usually because the music but also you know the rhythm and the surfing you know the surfing is just is amazing it's like all your favorite surfers having fun and doing their best surfing and i was like really just wanted to hone in on that feeling that i got from kai's movies with the surfing but then also like the music and the rhythm and all that um and that's what i was that's what i was trying to do but yeah like i said it's really scary because you you never you know you're always expecting people to just be like this is whack you know, yeah you know, or whatever like the surfing's not good like did you see john's new edit because it's the, his, john's one minute edit is better than this whole film or like whatever you know but again that's just now trading in a different space and like mm -hmm. your surfing was ap the surfing in the sea wolf was absolutely world class and i wasn't expecting it to be actually mm -hmm. i was expecting it to again just be trading on some of the visuals and stuff mm -hmm. like that but the surfing was world class yeah, and I, I like pete devries it's a guy whose name i've known my whole life mm -hmm. and i'll see a photo of him occasionally but mm -hmm. i haven't really seen that much of him yeah. surfing yeah and i was shocked how good the guy surfs mm -hmm. there was a couple of whips that were like filmed almost from behind the wave into the bay yeah where like he made it to an inside section and then yeah. goes into like a huge air yeah and i was like oh he's throw it's a throwaway yeah. and like it's gonna the clip's gonna cut away yeah and then he lands it yeah. and stands up and i was like what yeah i think with a be, lot of rubber on too yeah i think people will be really surprised at how good pete really is because i feel like there's a lot of and i get really pissed off about canadian about the way that Canadian surfing gets marketed because I hate like waist high air reverses mm -hmm. and I hate seeing photos of them all the time from Canada of Pete. So I'm just like, Pete is so much better than waist high reverses, you know? Yeah. And I think people, a lot of, like a lot of surfers know that, like, you know, people who grew up with the intersection and, and saw him surfing, but he is really can surf with like, even, you know, Chip on Chipsum, you know, was mentioned just like, wow, Pete's really incredible. And like, he's really consistent. And I'm like, yes, like that was, that was a, again, like one of my goals when I first was filming Pete, I was like, somebody needs to showcase this guy in, in a way less corny light, you know? Yeah. Because he's so much better than just like waist high reverses with bears and orca whales, you know? Mm -hmm. Like he really is a, an incredible surfer and very well-rounded. Um, and, and he works hard, you know? And maybe he's not like Mr. Style guy and maybe he's not like hip, whatever, I don't know. But uh, he's really an incredible barrel rider and, and really good, uh, you know, it can do big full roads and has great, great turns. And it's hard in Canada because we don't really have a lot of lefts where we live. So the backhand stuff is hard to get and it's hard to work on for those guys. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know where I was going with this. How old is he? 33. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is he married kids yeah, yeah. like he's, does he's he work what is is he just pro surfer yeah he's just pro surfer okay. yeah but they they live in tofino and they and they have just a really quaint beautiful little life yeah. in that place and and they have you know whatever a couple rental places that they have and you know they they have other means sure like pete pete lives off of surfing and he does well too because i don't see him traveling like going on photo trips and stuff but mm. maybe he is I yeah just he went on a surfline trip right before this oh okay yeah he just came from a surfline trip in mexico so he's okay. doing warm water i think we've been filming for like two and a half years you know so he's been pretty dedicated to that when he has time to do trips but he really likes spending time with his family too sure more so probably than you know 
yeah obviously loves surfing but he also he also had a, a like a year-long like injury too oh, no. this past year so when you're hiring for a small business you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role and there's no faster or effective way than through linkedin jobs your time and capital are precious and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInjobs.com surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. That's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. Um, let's, you referenced music being important mm-hmm. with the Kai Neville projects and stuff. Mm-hmm. I would love to talk to you about the score mm-hmm. for the Seawolf. Uh, it was amazing. Thank you. Yeah. What was your goal there? Uh, we didn't have any money, so we <laughs> made it all ourselves. <laughs> that was the, the goal was to make music that, was, that you could actually, was okay and you could listen to do you make music is that part of your yeah yeah totally yeah i just have i've always been into making music and for this i just then the last couple years i got really into scoring and i was like i wonder if i could do this like i wonder if i could if i could create like jazz tracks that are listenable and and hip-hop tracks that are actually worth listening to and like are you like a trap beat or like a, a an orchestrated piece with like strings and all this stuff and I was like, I wonder if we could compose this. And it was a challenge, you know, and it was it was fun. And I did it with my friend Greg, who's actually like a trained, he went to school for like jazz music and drumming, and he's a great drummer. And the two of us essentially sat in a studio for 10 days and we just hammered off like 10 tracks a day. You know, we'd just do like one minute tracks and we would just, we would just vibe and try to come up with an idea and if we, bobbed our heads to it or felt it at all then we were like hey this is an idea let's let's run with this we'll sculpt it we'll fine-tune it later but let's move on to the next track so we just did 10 days of of making music and a lot of music i made myself just like in my apartment with my midis and all this stuff and um were you making it watching the film uh a little bit but it was like i'd be like editing and then i, I would I would know I need this kind of track here. I need to do this here. And I, I don't think 
it's so much different when you're editing to, to music you like, other people's music, because then you can you can fall back on being like, I don't know how I feel about my own imagery, but I love this song, yeah. so this is going to cut well, and you just yeah. cut to it and it feels good. But cutting to your own music is like, I really have no idea, you know? I don't have any clue if I'm like, if I like it or if I hate it or if it's good or if it's bad. I'm just like, I'm just running on pure... Uh, you know like. well so to me it looked actually like the opposite like the music was designed for the film mm-hmm. almost like the edit was almost complete and then you scored it visually mm-hmm. you know it looked that way oh well that's good yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh no it was kind of it was kind of i guess a mixture of, of two sure. of two things of of I would be I would make a track and then I would cut to it and then I'd be like this track needs to be a bit different and I need, it. it needs to come down here it needs to go up here so then I would go back into logic and then I would edit it to go to go back into the edit um, so yeah. I'm curious from a production side of making the music do you play an instrument do you play instruments how do you make music uh, some of the music is is live recorded instruments and then some of it is from a MIDI controller which is like a, a big keyboard that you connect live instrument sounds too and then you play them to the keyboard and then uh, there was drum samples and then there was live recorded drums so it's like probably half and half live recorded instruments and midi instruments which are just live instruments played through uh, a midi sampler who's providing the live recordings um uh just myself and my friend greg who plays drums and yeah we pretty much just played all the instruments so what do you play uh i'll play a little bit of everything okay (laughs) yeah a little bit of everything except for like i don't play the tuba or like the violin or anything like that but you know guitar and drums and like you know there's like a lot of phones and like all this weird kind of stuff in there it was just we were in like a studio with a whole bunch of instruments and we were just we would be playing something and be like oh you know it'd sound cool here let's play this like let's grab this whatever let's grab a guitar and plug it in and just solo over this yeah or let's grab a bass or whatever you know whatever's around there's all these random instruments a lot of synth- uh, synthesizers and stuff and uh yeah it was just like a creative it was like this other little creative thing it's like we're making an album along with making a film yeah it was um, awesome thanks it was it's like for me that's the part that i'm almost most proud of yeah because i'm like we did all of this you know like we really did all of it and and i was kind of because we were forced into a corner like i i think i i tried the first song i tried to license i got a quote for like eight grand for just the trailer song that i wanted to use the trailer and i was like okay i can't do this like if i if it's eight grand just for a song for the trailer then how am i going to get 20 songs for the film right like i just can't afford it so this was our only avenue yeah and it was fun and it was a challenge and maybe it's not maybe you know maybe it's not ideal for when you're because i mean with Taylor's movies and stuff growing up, you know, some of the songs that you heard, you'd be like, that's how you got into that band. Mm. You heard it in a Taylor Steele movie, and then you're like, now I'm, I love that song so much love from the, the movie. Offspring. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like, now I like that band because I, I heard it, and that's the first time I heard it, whatever. So I wanted to have that, but yeah, I just didn't have that option. And, and maybe, maybe with like some $100,000 budget or whatever from Monster that we could have done that, but we just i just did the best with with what i could and i feel like that's that is kind of a lot of that's how you do stuff in in surfing uh, without being super popular or being you know a dane or a kai or whatever you know yeah it's because people are like cold water who are you what are you doing and no you know they're just like "Mm, 
people are pretty hesitant and magazines or editorials are really like a lot of the editorials I just kind of lost a lot of appreciation for and love for just because a lot of the responses we got to what we were doing was very like it was very just like huh no like, right yeah it like, doesn't fit what we're doing yeah, and we don't like, have the time to like unpack it and they're like cold water's whack you know yeah. they're just like cold water's lame or whatever and you're just like really you're a huge surf editorial and you're coming back with cold water's lame like you really that's your response okay like that's why nobody reads their magazines anymore yeah you know you're just like you don't even um just that's so bold to come up with that response <laughs> you know well you guys you super successfully achieved the goal that you set out from my standpoint just as a fan of surf film and i think that it will open a lot of doors for you moving forward and you'll have maybe not carte blanche to do what you want but yeah. you'll definitely be able to uh, get people to return your emails nice. moving forward. I, I appreciate you saying that because i really have no idea you know even we, we had the one premiere last night and for me, it was a little underwhelming just because it's a movie that's really driven by sound design and, and music, yeah, I and agree. it was really quiet. And just to even have a response from you like that it is gives me a little bit more confidence because, like I said, it's super scary, you know. And and I don't I don't put so much emphasis on it that it's like I'm going to lose hair and I can't sleep. But it's scary to put so much of yourself into something and, and give it to people, and then to in a world where surfing especially is like very easy to dissect and people are just like people can work really hard at someone and people can just be like this is lame or whatever like this sucks yeah and you're just like oh damn i put so much into that well you get used to that yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> develop a thick skin yeah because uh, you're gonna get that no matter what yeah. but i feel like um if you want to just make a living making surf films, you could do it. And mm -hmm. if you want to just go film the best surfers in the world doing the raddest tricks, mm -hmm. you could do that. Mm -hmm. But anybody could do it. Yeah. So there's no value to the person doing that. Mm -hmm. They could just be replaced, essentially. Yeah. I feel like what we don't have enough of are auteur filmmakers. And like I feel very disappointed. Um, I feel let down by our current generation of filmmakers mm -hmm. in the surf world because i'm such a huge fan of the medium the long kind of feature length surf film mm -hmm. and then i have to ask myself well then why don't i watch it anymore yeah, yeah and totally. then i think well it's because maybe i'm just now lazy and i don't yeah. have the attention span but i actually don't think that's what it is i think it's that the filmmakers have let me down like they're not excavating story they're not going new places mm -hmm. um there's a few successful examples that I could name, but by and large, each year, it's like I'm very, very underwhelmed. And so all of that is to say that like you sticking to the plan that you set forth and actually having the vision and trying to achieve a goal, I think sets you apart from other people who are just, again, trying to make a living or trying to get the raddest clip. You've actually targeted something mm -hmm. spent a couple of years doing it mm -hmm. and you've now achieved what i think your goal was and it's out there to live and i think that just being a focused auteur filmmaker will open up a lot of doors for you because not there's not a lot of other people actually trying to achieve that yeah grander goal totally so and i and i, and I hope we yeah i hope that's that's true because i i definitely yeah i definitely feel the same way where there's like a lot of stuff where you're just like you get really excited about something and then you see it and you're like, oh, it wasn't really. I think what I was trying to do was was take things that I liked from 
like Dear Suburbia and like View from a Blue Moon and like try to like hone in and, and make something. And I don't think I really did get that exactly because of it's difficult to do again when you're making your own score and, and all that. But um, I feel like I did kind of find somewhere in between there because I mean I wasn't like the biggest fan of View from a Blue Moon, but because it was just like it was. It was, I don't know, it wasn't, to me, Done was, like, the best movie I'd ever seen. And I was, like, that was, to me, I was, like, this is John. It felt like John made it, you know? And then View from Blue Moon felt like someone made something about John that was just, like, idolizing him to a point where you were, like, hey, he's not even human anymore, you know? Right. And, and I felt like I was, like, we should try to humanize this cold water thing, too, a little bit, opposed to, and I got respect for Berkey and what he does, but I was, like, it's getting so, like, glamorized to a point where you're, like, okay, we're real people, normal people on the ground doing this stuff. Like, we don't need to drone the hell out of this thing, right. you know? So that's, again, yeah, so I was trying to do it. Because I really loved, like, Dear Suburbia, and I, I liked, like, like what Kai does. I really liked the tone, the, the temperament. Totally. And, um, and I was like, I really want to try to hone into that and mix it in with what we do, and then also try to grab a little bit of this, like, cinematic zone that Viewed from the Blue Moon had. So I was trying to take little pieces of, of here and there, and, and that was really the goal. I feel like it's also successful sometimes, I don't know, making art by committee and having like a lot of people involved in it, the message kind of gets lost or there's elements that feel disjointed. Mm-hmm. So like Kai always had a very specific focus mm-hmm. and the tone was always spot on, mm-hmm. you know, and all of the... Um, ancillary kind of marketing material the posters fit perfectly yeah, yeah. and and so i feel like you're the seawolf actually um very successfully does that as well mm-hmm. there's no confusion with what the goal was that you were trying to achieve like mm-hmm. all of the imagery that came out of it looks insane the music suits it all the trailer fits with it. you know like every element of it the typeface yeah. fits with the music like all of it it's a very complete yeah. art project nice um, that, that's a great thing to hear because and i feel like that's what comes with doing everything yourself too is like there's yeah this, there's this consistency of even with the music i'm like at least the music will all come from the same creative yeah space and tone as me and my like cinematography and the editing you know and i don't i didn't want to be the person who wears all the hats you know but it's like you you kind of end up having to do that when sure. you're like i can't afford to pay you know two editors and all this and all this other stuff so you had to wear all the hats but it's like in doing that i'm like yeah you get this really you get this consistency of it being like this is all kind of coming from the same heart you know yeah it's interesting just back to the music for a second i didn't know that you were responsible for the music until the end credits rolled Mm -hmm. and so but i noted the music through the film i was like the music's insane and they obviously scored it Mm -hmm. like these aren't purchased tracks but um it was like it was at atmospheric you know where it didn't i liked the example of the taylor Steele films and i had that same experience as you where i would mm. then go listen to mm-hmm. afi or yeah. whatever but uh they existed you know it's like the music there were two separate things the music and the surfing and they were edited together but i felt like yours was just one completely congealed atmospheric mm-hmm. experience and almost like um, you know, Sigaro's music. They're from Iceland. Mm-hmm. And I listen to the music and I feel like it's Iceland. Yeah, and I, totally. And I feel like I'm in Iceland when yeah. I, and it makes me want to go to Iceland. I yeah. felt like yours film actually had an element of that where it was nice. like all immersive. Yeah. Um, anyway, 
I don't mean to like just fully praise it. I've got other questions <laughs> got, as well. Like, I've got a lot of negative <laughs> notes here too. I want to get into the bad stuff. Here's where it failed. Completely. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just curious what you feel like does feature surf film even have relevance in our modern media landscape? You know? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know anymore. For me it does, but it's like I'm old. I'm like 30. So it's, it's different. Um, I'm sure for 15 year olds who are just like, yo, did you see what so-and-so did this morning? You know, yeah. that's, which is, is pretty much what it's like now. But I mean, it, who cares? You know, it, just for me, it's like, I make, I'm, I made this because I wanted to make it and, and I, I, and I, and I wanted to showcase my friends surfing well in places that we wanted to go and see and, and experience. And I feel like essentially that's what good filmmaking comes down to and good photography and all that is just like, what is the, what does the person who's doing it want to do opposed to what, a, what, a, what should we be, what should we be doing or what do people want, you know, because as soon as you get in that headspace of being like, should we be doing feature or should we just be doing a bunch of web edits? It's like, I don't know, what do you want to see? What do you want to do? Because yeah, at the end of it, it's like, it doesn't matter anyway. You know, it's, it's still just surfing and still just a, a, it's still just a surf movie. And for me, it's like, I wanted to do this. So that's what I did. And, and I, you kind of have to, at some point, just let go of what you, what the expectations are. Okay. Then do what I agree. You want to do it for yourself mm-hmm. and like what you would want, but what do you watch? Do you actually right. watch feature films? Do you watch it on a big screen? Sure. I watched, I watched, I bought proximity, you know, I, I bought view from a blue moon. I bought cluster. I, uh, um, I'll probably won't buy it, but I'll probably watch under an Arctic sky, you know, like, just because I know those guys made their money and I'm like, you don't need mine uh, just because I'm doing the same thing. But um, I hope that Kai makes another film. I hope Taylor makes it. You know, I, it's like I'm excited for Thomas Campbell's project. Like I, I'd like to contribute to the culture and I'd like to contribute to the history of surf filmmaking and not just put out another web edit that's literally here today and gone this afternoon. You know, I'm just wondering, is it more um, permanent? Is the feature length more permanent? You said you want people to make something that somebody's going to watch more than once. Yeah. Do they? Yeah. Do we? I don't know. Do you, I mean, I do know. you? With those th- films sure. that you I, just named? Dude, I still watch. I still watch campaign. I still watch Lost Atlas. Okay. You know, twice a month or something. Really? Yeah. I still watch like. There's so many movies I still will I can watch. Every time we go on a surf trip, we watch Done to like get stoked to go surfing. You know, we don't try to get online and, and find like whatever. If something just came out, we will. But um, yeah, I feel, and that's that's just me. You know, like even if we go yeah. on a surf trip, like I could put on a surf movie and like Chippa doesn't want to watch surfing. You know, he wants to watch, I don't know, Game of Thrones or something. I don't know. Yeah. Some people are just don't, like especially guys like that, he'd be like, oh, I wonder what, if Chippa gets excited to watch this stuff and no, he doesn't want to watch surfing. He wants to go surfing. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't want to go on stab. Sure. You know, do you, what do you feel like the best, um, viewing experiences for your film? I would definitely say like indoor, an indoor theater with loudspeakers would be, it's like the most ideal situation, like a good, like in 4k with like a good, like proper projector with a good system, sound system that's what I'd like or if you're at home then have headphones on and and kind of immerse yourself in it a little bit more because yeah it's sound driven so you need to 
kind of blare it and get into it that way because it's yeah it's not like a documentary where you're like here's dave and he's going to the store and then he's going surfing and and then he's going to visit this you know yeah those things you can kind of follow along without being like really needing to really hear what's going on yeah because you'd be like bing bang boom boom um does it bother you to think that you know the vast majority of the audience might be watching it on an ipad or an iphone um yeah i guess i maybe not because there's so many there's so many moments in it that are just like captivating images okay so i feel like even you know i edit in a studio space with with guys who are really talented directors and editors and cinematographers and they don't know anything about surfing they don't care they don't watch surfing they don't know what an air reverse is they literally couldn't give a shit but they walk by my computer when i'm editing and they'll be like wow you know and i'm like okay that's a good response if somebody's just sees a picture of like a mountain or whatever and they're taken back by it and these are guys who film like incredible stuff all over the world i'm like okay this is this is good because that means yeah somebody on an ipad or whatever is watching something and there's this amazing landscape even if it's not a a tight surfing shot then they're being like somebody else walks by and it's like whoa what is that Mm. you're like you're getting a reaction of some sort somebody's feeling something yeah which is what you want because like you said it's it's hard with surfing now there's a lot of stuff where you're just like you're seeing so much of it that you're like nothing's really coming in yeah it's all kind of just going in and out. So to create something that actually leaves any sort of impression is, is, is great. So even if it's on an iPad, I'm sure someone will still be being like, wow, look at that place. Yeah. You know? What was the film shot on? Uh, we shot on red. Okay. Yeah, we shot the whole thing on, on red. Um, just because it was like, when we, when we first started filming, it was everything was just kind of just being shot on red too, you know? It was like John was coming out with his web edits, I feel like, when we were just coming up with the idea to start filming. And we were like, it makes everything look amazing. Yeah. It's like, everything looks so crazy. Yeah. And um, and I would have, I feel like I, I don't love slow motion, but I, I, I really think there's just a lot of moments that you kind of just need to see slower, you know? So you can really see the moment, you know? Yeah. And I feel like in the film, there's a lot of those moments where you're just like, I just need... I just this can't be two seconds. It has to be longer than that. Right. You, know, you really need to see three things in this image, not just the one thing. Yeah, I think it, it can be overused, but mm-hmm. it definitely has a place mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Um, just a side note: you mentioned that you work in film. What do you do? I uh, just work in like commercial, um, mainly like yeah, commercials for like television or web, whatever like. And you name the product, and I've probably done something associated with it. You know, what do you do exactly, though? Oh, I'm a director of photography, so I okay. do cinematography. Do you work for a particular company, or uh, no? I contract out, um, but I will go through different agencies, and um, but I am a, like an ambassador for Pelican Cases, and I work for them like full time, doing all their marketing stuff, which I'm stoked about because I love Pelican Cases. I do too. Yeah, yeah, and they're they're based out of. Long Gar- Beach, uh, Torrance. I yeah, think. yeah. Torrance yeah. is our man, but then they have a marketing office. In oh, okay. Beach, yeah, my um, office is right around the corner from their oh, Torrance really? office. Yeah. Um, and, but yeah, I do. I do all the marketing stuff. But then, other than that, like, yeah, like I'm doing a, I'm shooting a, a, an Audi commercial in September. Oh. And it's like, that's kind of where my career is, 
goes and that's where I make all my money and then surfing is like this other thing that I just really love and I really want to continue to do even even after this it's like we'll go and do a trip and we'll do like a web edit just because it's like it's so fun to go and and try and get clips you know yeah. it's really like that's the best part it's like going places and, and just trying to score and you know that to me that's everything um who would you love to shoot um i mean i feel like it's i hate saying it because i feel like it's so cliche for like you know for filmmakers to be like craig but yeah i just there's certain guys who i just really like their style of surfing and it's really easy to watch and it's fun to watch and you know chip is one of those guys to me and for sure a lot of people would be like maybe he's too technical and too like they don't want they don't really care for like pop shove or whatever um but i really love I really love shooting with Chip and, and, and watching him surf. Like, he's really, to me, people who just, like, huck themselves on, like, crazy sections that are blatantly just deadly. Um, it's really, and he just, like, he goes upside down, and I don't know, I like it. And, I mean, ideally, it would be awesome to shoot with John. Like, I feel like when you go out with John, you're just, like, you're going to, your mind's probably going to get blown at mm-hmm. some point. And as, as, a, as a shooter if you can get something where you're like, wow, that's maybe one of the best clips I've ever seen. If you can get that clip, then that's pretty amazing, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm not really, like, I love, I love shooting alternative guys too who are, you know, ride 20s and whatever, do cut downs and stuff. But ultimately, I love seeing big airs and big turns and big barrels. So, you know, if I could get on a trip with Dane, I'd be stoked. <laughs> if I yeah. could... Because he's, you know, there's just guys that you grew up just kind of idolizing and you and you just love watching them surf and to shoot with them would be cool. But he definitely won't won't invite me now that I just said I grew up idolizing him because that would just be awkward. I actually met Dane uh, in Tofino. They came out for this, this thing um, uh, maybe a month ago or something in Tofino. It was like Dane and Joel Tudor and Alex Knows. And like a Vans thing? Yeah, Vans thing. They came yeah. and they brought boards and they just left them. And, and they brought them down to the beach and then the whole town came and right rode the boards that they shaped. And then they left them in town for everyone. And it was the coolest event. And they were the nicest guys. And even Dane, just like everyone was getting like wasted one night and like people are fanning out and asking him questions. And, and he was just such a good sport about it. Really? Yeah, it was such a great sport. Like I just saw him like cornered by people and it was like cringeworthy and I was just like, wow, what a, a, such a nice guy, like putting up with just like the most cringeworthy, like fanned out people because, you know, Tofino is such a little surf town. Yeah. And to have those guys come there is just like, it's just such a dream. That's hilarious. And there, yeah, everyone was just such good, such good sports and and I was really, uh, I was really stoked on that event. And then even for him, I was like, wow, like, even somebody on, on this this dude's level who's probably getting pulled in so many different directions, I was really, I was really impressed with how well he was with all, with everybody, and seemed like a really sweet guy. Well, it's funny you said um, if you could get on a trip with John, John or Dane. Yeah. I feel like that's not the way it would actually work. They can obviously hire anybody to go on a yeah, trip yeah. with them. I feel like based on the success of the sea wolf like you they would want you to lead the trip they would want to go somewhere that you know something about mm, that but they don't know something yeah, about that would be amazing and i'll tell you what i don't i haven't seen a lot of footage of john john fully suited up like mm-hmm. we see him surf jay bay in a wetsuit but mm-hmm. we don't see him anywhere in booties and a hood mm-hmm. he has though he's done i know he went to scotland for like a qs or a cold water class or something and he was 
with Mason, they were surfing this crazy slab that's like straight up on flat reef and they were both like ripped. It was like, they were like 16 or something. It was like a long time ago, Oh, okay. but they were killing it. And I'm, I know those guys have, have ventured and, and done some stuff, but I'm sure like, I really love the idea of people seeing the movie and being like, where is that? I want to yeah. surf that. And I would love to guide, I would love to guide some guys. That's the angle, man. Yeah, yeah, that's the sure. angle. You don't but need again, to be like, can I go to Tahiti with you next yeah, year? Yeah. Like, they've got that. I definitely am not trying to like, uh, I'm definitely not trying to beg anybody to get on to get on any Indo trips or to go to go shoot with those guys. It would be it would be really cool. It'd be cool to to do a trip and shoot with some guys that I really love their surfing. But again, like, I'm happy to go on a trip with Balram or Chipper or Peter. Yeah, or like of those dudes are so awesome. And and even even like Balram is like, I can't and Cam Richards too. Like, I can't. Uh, I can't say enough about those guys' character and and how great they are as, as surfers and, and people and dudes to travel with. And, and ultimately, that's what you're looking for because as soon as you do a trip with someone, you're like, wow, they're a great surfer. And then they complain the whole time or right. whatever. It's not good enough or like not the Wi-Fi is not good enough or like something like that. You're just like, all right, if we can't hang, then we can't do trips. And it doesn't matter how good of a surfer you are. Um, but um, yeah, I'd be stoked to just even do trips with with Ball or Cam or any of those guys. Like, there's amazing surfers yeah. who I don't think get enough cred, and and you know, just to help them along even with their careers sure. is like an honor for me. You know, that's awesome. Uh, where would you love to shoot? Like, what location would be on your hit list? God, now it's it's so tough now because they're like, I love the cold water thing. I do I do love visiting I mean I just love uncrowded I love going to places and there would just be no one there and waves pumping right. I mean that's the goal like that's what I really want more than anything so I guess it's like ultimately we want to find the next best wave in Canada this winter we're gonna we want to venture around and, and really try to find like what where is the best wave in Canada there's so much coastline it's just so hard to get to. Yeah. Every place is like impossible. Like the only place you can surf in Canada, there's only one, or not in Canada, but on the West coast, there's only one place you can actually really drive to and surf. And that's okay. Safina. Like everywhere else is boat access, heli, plane. Like there's so much coastline, like literally from Tofino all the way up to Alaska is just coastline, you know? Right. And who knows what's there, but you got to put in some serious time and effort to f go find those waves but you know that would be ideal situation is to be like wow we just found like canadian chokes you know mm -hmm. that's really the goal um you have to imagine it's out there oh it's definitely there i mean we found canadian chokes too but it was just like there was so much kelp and it was we were we we were like losing light and we were on a boat and we had to get back to this place or else we were gonna be stuck so we were there, we were looking at it, and we were like, our minds were, we were losing it. Like really? we were losing our minds. And we were just like, what do we do? Like Pete's like suiting up and he's like, oh, there's so much kelp, I can't even, we won't even be able to paddle into it. And it was like ledgy and crazy, but it was full on like chopes. Like it was crazy. It was like almost in the middle of the ocean too. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm down to just like keep exploring and I would love to just find, you know, whatever. Yeah. deserts but cold you know no, sure. with nobody around because yeah I don't have any I don't have any urge really to go back to like I've been to Indo a bunch of times and I've been you know I've been to a lot of warm water places too and I just don't have that it's just not in me to be like 
yo, let's go shoot deserts. You know, like yeah. we got to get back to, and I get it as surfers, like surfers for sure, like, you know, Chip or whatever, like they want to go there and, and they're, I mean, he's in Australia, so it's close, but for surfers are like, they want to go because they want to go get barreled and, and, and surf. But as a filmmaker, I'm definitely more, I'm more keen to be like, let's go find more of this stuff that like sea wolf type stuff, but yeah. let's just see if we can get better waves. That's ultimately the goal. Um, I have a few non-surf film-related questions just in closing that I'm always curious to hear from everybody who's involved in surfing. What surf media do you consume at this point? Do you subscribe to magazines? Is it mostly coming through Instagram? Are you watching? Um, Yeah, I mean, like, I'll buy... I really like... What I like about What Youth is the... I like... I just like the magazines. I like the way that they kind of curate their content in, in, in the sense that it's like it comes from art and like comes from real creatives and it feels like artists are doing it opposed to just like you know whatever surf i don't want to say surf like geeks or something but like you know what i mean people who are just like let's just get to the the bottom line you know like i like art Mm -hmm. and so i like when artists make stuff and so I'll buy what youth magazines because I like holding them and looking through them and looking at the photos I like print but I've always been like in the last couple of years I've been so disappointed with like surfer mags like I'll pick up surfers and I'll be like it'll be like this pamphlet yeah. and then I'll go through it and it'll be like all ads and stuff and I'll be like where the hell's the content here and there's no like art here and I'm like why didn't they run our photos <laughs> and um, maybe like I don't know there's just there's kind of mags that I feel like are so in between with me when I when I go back and forth with them and it changes my perspective on the magazine, you know? Yeah. It's like they're kind of, they're, they're like nice and then they're also non-responsive and then they're really responsive and they're just like so wishy-washy and then I'm just like, okay, screw you guys. Like, right. I'm, I'm over this mag, you know, or whatever. But, what about how big of a part is Instagram in your world? I mean, I feel like I'm on Instagram and I like go through it, but I, I really want to get, I really want to try to steer myself away from it. Yeah. It's just like, it's definitely is like you kind of get sucked into this hole where you just it makes you feel shitty about yourself for some reason weird right yeah you're just it, like i'm not doing enough we should these guys are scoring here and we're not and uh it's like somebody else just did the biggest air ever done so now that clip is not even a clip anymore that we had and or like just weird things like that where you're like you you're constantly comparing yourself you're just always comparing and i just i don't want that in my life but I also feel like as soon as you get rid of it and I'm and this is just purely for me like people tell me all the time this is wrong but it's like if you're not on Instagram then people are just like oh sh- you're I thought we thought you died you know right like, what have you been doing like do you even make films anymore like do you guys like what do you do you know it's like I have to be on there to be like no 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 I'm still here you know I know but it's I'd love tough- to I'd love to just like kind of kick it out or figure out a way to just be like post pictures because I'll, I'll post a photo of like surfing and it's like all these people like it and my friends don't give a shit because my friends my friends don't really care about surfing that much um like you know my friends at home and then or i'll post a picture of me and like whatever my sister or my friends or whatever and then it's like all my friends like it and then i'll i just lose right. all my surf followers they're just like oh, okay this person's like trying to be a real person like i don't care about your life dude i just want to see the surf photos so it's like i want to there's two parts of me there's like i, I want to be the surf guy but then I also just want to be myself. So it's like, do I need to get a professional, like a pro Instagram page or whatever? Or I don't like, know. That yeah. just now makes it a whole new thing. I, yeah. I just feel like um, 
the the solution isn't to abandon it altogether or yeah. to embrace it 24/7 it's like figure out how to make it work for you yeah because I've gotten down that path too where I just have anxiety when I look at it and fear mm-hmm. of missing out and all yeah. that stuff and you live with that kind of riddled with yeah. it so it's figuring out the transition to like use it as a platform to yeah. showcase your work but not feel tied to it or you have something. to like remember what life was like before it's hard it's so weird for me to be like hey what did we do before this what weren't we just curious before now we're not curious about anything anymore you're just right. you're just always in the know and i feel like i kind of miss the other way because i was like how did i used to share this stuff i was like did i share videos when i made them before like, right i was like i think i used to put links up on my Facebook maybe or right. I don't know what I did before that I just don't think anyone watched them no I have no <laughs> idea what we did before I was like how did how did I share content before all this I yeah. don't remember what's your current relationship like with surfing like how often do you surf and oh, all that god I wish I wish I surfed a lot more like probably when all this is done I'll probably just take like two weeks and go surfing but yeah I don't get to surf very often you know I live in the city and I have to work and I have a girlfriend and a dog and a life and there's a constant balance when you when you don't live in a place where there's waves you don't really get to go that often but I try to go surfing as much as I can I'll go to whatever Tofino or I'll go to like Mexico or whatever how far are you from your closest surf spot oh Tofino is like six hours five oh six my gosh. hours yeah so so that's a trip I don't surf much I skate a lot yeah um but yeah, I, I love surfing and, and, I, and I'm not I'm not great, but I, I do love and my friends do love surfing too. But it's just like not not everybody really, not a lot of my friends are really like trying to watch surfing all the time or like yeah, in, in, you know they're not involved in like surf culture. They're just like surfing and whatever. Dude, even I who live in Huntington Beach mm. and am actively involved in surfing, mm. I don't hanging out in Pacific City last night was the first time I've been around that many surfers yeah. in a long time. Yeah. And I was explaining that to somebody. I was like, I came around the corner and I saw a guy who looked like a surfer and I was like, oh, that's one of my people. And then I walked around and I saw 30 people who were all surfers and it was very odd to me to even yeah. be amongst surfers because yeah. I actually avoid it. You know, it's like I don't hang out with other surfers. Yeah. I go surfing in the morning and I try to surf down the beach by myself without yeah. anybody else and then I go to work. Yeah, I'm kind of like that with server too. I definitely like to just, either I'm going with like friends who I know are like not like going to be super serious about it or I just go by myself because I, I definitely, like the vibe in surfing, I, I really don't like. Like we have spots in Canada too where it's like they're localized spots because they're good and it's just like even my friends who are, are actually really good surfers who I'll go with, it's like all fun and games till everyone's in the water then it's just like straight faces yeah. and like it's so serious and I'm just like, I hate it. I'm yeah. Like, why is surfing I'm so obsessed with this, like, jockey, like, vibe of everyone's so eggy about it, you know? Yeah. And I just can't get down. And there's certain spots where I love surfing. I just hate going there because everyone's so eggy all the time. Yeah. You're like, it's so beautiful out and the waves are great. Why is everyone... And people are, are fighting over waves where there's, like, plenty of waves and there's plenty of places to sit. And it's somehow people are still trying to like claim it and then they get up and they can't even stand up and they're bored and they fall over yeah like guys will like paddle up a point and then they'll like get up on a wave and they'll be like yelling at everyone and then they'll like fall over and then they'll like blame <laughs> they'll blame the fact that they fell over on like people like whatever 20 yards down the lineup and yeah and you're just like oh man you guys are way more obsessed with the pecking order and all this than you are about actually having fun surfing totally 
it's like that's more of it because I feel like people think that you gain more respect as a surfer like the more you're a dick in the water or something yeah it makes sense when you're like like we have spots at home where you're like hey this place only like tubes like don't this this place only works twice a year so when it's good it's like don't get out of Pete's way because we are the he's the only one who's gonna make it on that he's gonna make the drop and, and come out you know and so other people will go and you'll actually be like yo go down the lineup because right. you're not going to make the drop and you're definitely you know you're going to get annihilated you're just creating a hazard you're just in the creating lineup. a hazard yeah. and it's like we work so hard to try and get this and right. it's like this is Pete's spot you're like he's going to get the set ways he's going to get the, the best ones um, what's next I mean obviously it's early to answer this question but I have a feeling that you've probably thought about another mm-hmm. feature film or well, I'm working on like doing a like a narrative with some friends that's not surf surf related. It's just like a narrative uh, a film that, like a scripted yeah a scripted narrative film. Um, and then for surfing, it's like I'm 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 sure I'm sure we'll put together a trip soon to just go and do something fun. And I would love to actually go, and even though this is like completely contradictory to what I just said, but to do a trip like a warm water thing with like Pete and just put him in like a big heavy barrel somewhere where you're just like remind people that he's not just like the cold water air reverse Tofino guy yeah. you know because like I said I just hate when he gets portrayed as like this like chest high cutback dude or something where you're like no like he can shred just put him in the right place so it's like I really get into that idea of like putting putting people in good ways and, and really showcasing yeah. how good they are opposed to just being like whatever mushy burger small waves and just doing reverses or um, considering that you work in film and you just said that you're working on a narrative scripted film um, I'm just curious like who do you admire or who's inspirational for you in the feature film world um any films maybe in recent years yeah, that you've loved that's a question because there's a lot of it's like you can draw inspiration from a lot of people uh, I think Spike Jones does usually I like uh, yeah I love Wes Anderson films because I love the idea of a director who's still alive who really embodies one style um, because I feel like yeah it's hard to find people who who are still around who can be like an iconic person when they pass away you'll be like this was an iconic person who really enveloped this aesthetic, you know? And so I love, and I feel like he's very like on trend for a lot of, it's very like maybe hip to like Wes Anderson or whatever, but it's really, really awesome to have somebody who's like, this is their aesthetic and they're very consistent with it. Yeah, there's no always, confusion. Yeah, there's no confusion. And like Scorsese too, or somebody who you're just like, they're always gonna have this, this really consistent quality aesthetic that's always going to be them you know even with like Spielberg you just like see something you're just like that's so them you know and I feel like that's a dream for me to be somebody like that too you just be like oh this is a this this dude's thing I just saw one scene and they're like oh this is totally this guy's I feel like um I think his name Jean-Marc Valley is that his name he did wild and the Dallas Buyers Club his stuff has a very unique thumbprint Mm -hmm. to it and it's beautifully made yeah um, and because he did a couple of episodes for a television show that was on Showtime um, with, 
Nicole Kidman and Reese Witherspoon, I forget the name of it, took place in Big Sur in Monterey. Hmm. But he did a few episodes of that, and I was like, oh my gosh, like it's the same thumbprint from the feature films that yeah. I had seen. Yeah. Um, and so I always like his work a lot. Yeah. You know, I don't know what he's working on now, but. Um, Final question I have for everybody interviewed is just what was the last surfboard that you rode? I think an almond. Yeah, an almond log, like a nine six or something behemoth. It was really, it's been really, it's really small in the summer at home. Yeah. So I, we went surfing. I probably went surfing a couple months ago or something. And it was like knee high or something. And at Pete's place, there's like three longboards and there's one quad stringer. Like nine six, glassed in, uh, uh, fin like some huge massive D fin or something. Yeah, it was like a log, an mm. almond, and it was super fun. Awesome. Yeah, because almonds from near here. Yeah, I actually met uh, when they first when they opened their first shop. My sister was living in, uh, she was living in like Dana Point, and I would come down and visit her all the time because she was living. She was living in San Clemente, Dan Point Zone for years, and I would come down and go surfing all the time, and I became obsessed with like surfing at like church and, and middles in that zone, and there'd be all these days where I was like, man, I wish I had a longboard, and then I went to the almond shop, and I became kind of friends with Dave and those guys who run Almond, and I just loved their, I love what they were doing, so I was like, you guys are making like retro boards, but like you're re- you're like it's I don't know it's just I love their their branding and stuff yeah and so I just went down there and I was just chatting with them all the time down the shop I'd buy t-shirts and stuff and then Dave would be like yeah you can borrow boards whenever you want I was like you kidding me like so I had like logs and whatever little like twinnies and quads that he would lend me to go ride down at Sano or Church or whatever Blackies and um and I was just yeah I was just like so about that company because they were so nice yeah and they make killer boards. And they make insane boards that are just like wall hangers. They're all right. like wall hanger boards. Right. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what I wrote. That's what I wrote. Awesome. Yeah. Right on, dude. Well, thank you thank very you much. Thank you for having me. I really yeah. appreciate it. No, of yeah, course. Thank you again, Ben Gulliver, for taking time out of your busy touring schedule to meet with me. Uh, Thank you, listener, for always tuning in. If you liked this episode, please share it with friends. That is how you help this show grow. Everything that we discussed is on surfsplendorpodcast.com. You could watch the trailer for The Sea Wolf. It is, again, remarkable. Um, And then, of course, there's a comment section. So leave comments for Ben there. Copy this, copy the URL for this episode, paste it on your friend's Facebook wall, tag them in an Instagram, whatever you got to do, just spread the good word, not only for Surf Splendor, but for Ben and the Sea Wolf. If you enjoyed it, the odds are people that you hang with probably would enjoy it as well. So thanks for that. And then of course you can rate and review the show on iTunes. Um, that's a great way for, to help people who are just searching the iTunes function, find this show they type in the word surf we're more likely to pop up with your review and rating so do us a favor there or whatever podcast app you listen to and then of course we have a donation platform set up on the website so if you'd like to make a contribution to the show we would hugely appreciate that and it does go a long way to uh, improving the quality consistency and attracting big guests 
back to the show. So thanks for doing that. That's all the talking you need to hear from me today. I'll be back in less than a week with an episode of The Grit with Chaz Smith, of course, discussing everything that's going on over on beachgrit.com. And until then, this is David Scales reminding you to get back in the ocean, get a couple of waves, and shred on. Thank you.